Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the FCS Fever Podcast, where we turn up the heat on FCS football. Available wherever you get your podcasts, the FCS Fever Podcast is presented by Betfred Sports and part of the Aaron Torres media feed. I'm Chris Sylvester. This is our Week 11 preview show, almost to the finish line, the penultimate weekend of the FCS regular season. Just two weekends from now, the FCS playoffs begin Right now, the bubble is still crowded. Conference races are heating up. I mean, they have been heating up. They're hot. And I think the number one overall seed, very much up for debate. Is it South Dakota State? Is it Sac State? I think those are the only two really in the mix for it now. But before we light the lamp on the show, we'd again like to remind you, the FCS Fever Podcast is presented by Betfred Sports. When you play in the Betfred Sportsbook, no one gives out more free bonuses then Betfred. It's really simple at Betfred. The more you bet, the bigger the bonus. And the good news for FCS football fans, they've been doing it all season long. They're going to do it these final two regular season weeks and throughout the postseason, putting out lines for FCS games all season long. Betfred committed to being the best book anywhere for fans of FCS football. They just paid out a, a huge payment to Mattress Mac when the Houston Astros won the World Series over the last weekend. They could be paying out a huge payment to you if you're feeling good about this weekend. Now, they're in the U.S. after starting in Europe back in 1967. They've hit the market in a big way. Official betting partner of the Denver Broncos, Colorado Rockies, and now the Cincinnati Bengals. Currently licensed in Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Louisiana, Washington, and soon Ohio. Sign up today. Place a $50 bet this weekend, and Betfred will give you a bonus $250 for betting. Now, as you might know at this point, I'm doing this show from California. I cover games in the big sky for the Cal Poly Mustangs much of the year. And in California, we had a couple of propositions to pass sports betting as legal here in the state. And even though everybody's already doing it, even if it isn't legal in your state, it was a little disappointing to not see it pass. So if you are in one of those states or you're vacationing in one of those states, I highly encourage you to get out to a Betfred Sportsbook, not only to try to win some coin, but for the experience that you're going to get with Betfred, a better book than you'd get anywhere else Betfred Sports, our presenting sponsor here on the FCS Fever Podcast. 
All right, let's jump into the slate. And obviously, before we get to our top five FCS Fever hottest matchups of the week, there are some other really good games out there that didn't quite make the cut. Personally, I think this week's slate way better than what we had last weekend. I think there's good games in the Big Sky, good games in the Missouri Valley, good games in the CAA. You know CAA matchups with how good that conference has been and how much I've loved that conference this year. You know there's going to be a couple of those matchups in the top five. And then you can't forget the SOCON. I mean, we'll get into it, but there are four teams still very much alive in that conference race, and it could just be absolute madness when we get to the final weekend of the regular season in the Southern Conference. My hope is that with how good the Big Sky is at the top, you wonder how a team like UC Davis might fare if they can take care of some business here down the stretch. Maybe a team like Idaho, who I think is in a great position to go to the FCS playoffs for the first time since coming back down to the FBS, and that's a matchup that we actually have on the docket this weekend. That being said, this is just an incredible weekend where we may see things that we never expected to see flip upside down and on its head in the FCS. I want to start with an A-Sun matchup, and I'm very interested to see how the FCS playoff committee handles the A-Sun whack situation because as of right now, Abilene Christian, they kind of determine their own fate coming out of that whack ASON as the automatic qualifier. They've got a game at Stephen F. Austin, a team that they lost to earlier in the season to wrap the regular season next weekend, and we'll get to them. But I want to talk about a matchup that I, I didn't even think would be worth talking about from 5th Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw, Georgia this weekend. It's the Austin P. Governors on the road taking on the Kennesaw State Owls. Austin P. is 6-3 and three overall, 2-2 two and two in the ASON. Kennesaw State hanging at 5-4, and 1-2 and two in the A-Sun. Now, remember, Kennesaw State, we thought it was an upset at the beginning of the year when they went to Samford and lost by 10. Turns out Samford's really, really good. Then they go to Cincinnati and lose, an underwhelming win against a bad Wofford team, a touchdown loss to transitioning Jacksonville State team. But very quietly, Kennesaw State has won four of its last five with a lone blemish against Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas team, they're out of playoff contention, but they're just so hit and miss this year. They beat some good teams. They've lost to some bad teams. Kennesaw State, from that Central Arkansas loss, they've been able to piece together three straight wins. Are they are they good wins? I mean, Tennessee Tech, Charleston Southern, no. On the road at UT Martin, yes. There's a chance UT Martin shares the OVC title with SEMO. Unfortunately, that's going to probably come down to a coin flip. And that would be a shame if UT Martin won the coin flip because I don't think UT Martin at this point is playoff worthy any longer coming out of the OVC. Now, of course, SEMO slips up and UT Martin runs the table. Sure, put them in. They're the rightful champs. But it's a shame that that's going to come down to a coin toss more than likely in the Ohio Valley Conference. As for Kennesaw State, now, you don't really have too many resume wins. Maybe the UT Martin win looks good. But you've got two opportunities here to sneak in. And Kennesaw has been a constant over the past handful of years in the FCS playoffs. It's Austin P at home this week. It's Eastern Kentucky, a team that I think is absolutely deserving of the postseason at 6-3 and three on the road next week. Austin P is a team that we've been watching out for from the jump. If you've been following us since the start of the season, we had their exciting electric, energetic head coach, Scotty Walden, on the program. They went to Western Kentucky in Week 0, played their butts off, almost picked up an FBS win. They only have one 
legit FCS loss. And one of the losses is to Jacksonville State, a transitioning team not eligible for the FCS playoffs. But I like the resume here for Austin P. Austin P has a win over Eastern Kentucky. They blew out Murray State as they were supposed to. And they've got a chance here at Kennesaw State to pick up that signature seventh win because you know it's not going to happen the weekend after because they go visit a, a pissed-off Nick Saban and Alabama team to wrap the regular season. You kind of forget, right? I mean, we, we open up the season with all of these FCS-FBS matchups. We get our FCS over FBS upsets, and then all of a sudden the Southeastern Conference wants to play FCS competition at the end of the regular season after going through their gauntlet of a conference slate. This is a matchup where it's imperative for both of these teams to win this game because... Austin P is going to finish with at least four losses. They're not beating Alabama. I'm sorry, Scotty Walden. You're not, you're not beating Nick Saban. You're not beating Nick Saban. And I know this is probably one of his worst teams in the last decade, but Austin P is not beating Alabama. So they've got to beat Kennesaw State because if they beat Kennesaw State, they'll finish at 7-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in the A-Sun standings. And I think with those seven wins, a road win at Kennesaw looks better now than it would have a few weeks ago. I think you got to put Austin P into this playoff. I think you, I think you have to, because you got two FBS losses, and and usually when you're looking at, at a team's resume, you're not really checking the losses, right? But when you factor in that Austin P has a chance here to have just one FCS legitimate FCS loss, because Jacksonville State is a scholarship advantage. That's why they're not eligible for the FCS playoffs. I like Austin P's resume, but if they don't beat Kennesaw State. It's going to be really tough for this governor's program to find their way to the FCS playoffs. I think that's going to be a terrific game this weekend. Abilene Christian, we mentioned their situation. They're on the road at Sam Houston, who's bounced back and played better. North Dakota, they need to win at home against South Dakota this weekend. I think it will happen in Grand Forks because the Fighting Hawks wrap the regular season in Fargo against North Dakota State. St. Thomas, a great story, a new D1 program out of the Pioneer. 8-1, and 6-0 and overall. They host Stetson this weekend. Uh, a matchup that did not crack our top five, but it's still a really good one out of the Colonial this weekend. It's Villanova on the road at William & Mary. Now, William & Mary, they, they wobbled, but they didn't exactly fall over. They were able to c extend their winning streak to five games. Ugly performance, ugly win. Sometimes you have to win ugly on the road at Hampton 2014 last week. Now they welcome in Villanova. And William and & Mary in a great spot at 5-1 and one overall in the conference, 8-1 and one on the season. Villanova, on the other hand, just barely hanging around with a 5-4 and four record, middle of the pack, 3-3 three and three in the CAA, coming off of a bad loss on the road at Towson, 27-3. What happened to Nova? Nova hasn't looked good much of the season, and I thought that was evident when they went to Army and lost by 39 in Week 3. Now, I think the triple option is extremely tough to prepare for, but in years past, you got a program like Villanova that would expect to hang around in just about any FBS game they played in the Northeast. I mean, if Nova's going to get to the playoffs, obviously they're going to have to win out. And right now, their resume's not good. I see no good wins on this resume. Lehigh, Long Island, Maine, Albany, Hampton. Nah. But check out what they have to hit the reset button. And, and look, easier said than done. Their playoff hopes might be diminished by halftime at William & Mary this week. But they close at William & Mary, and then they host Delaware, two teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Two absolutely resume-bolstering victory opportunities for Villanova. Can they bounce back 
And can William and Mary play a little bit better after a six-point win on the road against the Hampton team, sitting at one and five in the CAA? Next weekend, William and Mary wraps their regular season, still having that quest for the CAA title, a, a game that could determine the CAA champions, William and Mary and Richmond at Richmond next weekend. But you can't look ahead when you're in the CAA this year. I, I emailed someone from the CAA today and told him, like, dude, I hope you guys don't get snubbed because you guys have the most playoff-worthy teams of any FCS conference this year. And in my opinion, it's not all that close. I mean, you look at, you look at the standings. Richmond, worthy. William & Mary, worthy. New Hampshire, worthy. Elon, worthy. Delaware, worthy. Very worthy. Rhode Island, very much in contention. And I think somewhat worthy. Villanova, kind of control your own destiny. Surprise a lot of people if they win these final two games. But if they did, I would say worthy for Nova to potentially turn around their season. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Elsewhere in the FCS, week 11 slate, Montana's got to keep winning. Now, they had lost three straight. And, and I'll be honest, I think my opinion on Montana has changed just a little bit. And, and obviously, brand has a lot to do with this, right? The Grizz sit at 6-3, and three, but they're just 3-3, three and three, tied for sixth place with Portland State in the big sky. Not where the Grizz thought they'd be. They cooked Portland State earlier this season, 53-16. So while they're neck and neck in the standings, I think Montana, a much better football team. I think there's a big gap between the top and the bottom of the big sky. Here's what I'll say about Montana and the resume so far. They had lost three consecutive games. They had the home loss against Idaho, which was their first by a touchdown. Lukic Johnson gets knocked out first quarter at Sac State. Controversy down the stretch. They lose that game by a touchdown in overtime. And then they go to Weber State, fight like heck without Lucas Johnson, and they lose by three points. Now, I'm sure you saw what happened over the weekend in Missoula with the snow coming down at Washington Grizzly Stadium against Cal Poly. That was a 57-0 drubbing of Bo Baldwin's Mustangs for the Montana Grizzlies. I think Montana's going to play that type of way against Eastern Washington this weekend. 
I don't know what's going on in Eastern Washington. I'll be honest. I called one of their games earlier this season. They just don't have the same swagger that they've had in years past. And with all due respect to Gunnar Talkington, I, I think it's on Aaron Best that he didn't come in here to 2022 with a better, younger, more skilled quarterback to be able to do what that offense is accustomed to doing. Because if you think about it, you've gone from Vernon Adams to Gage Gubrud to Eric Berrier, Walter Payton Award winner last year. And and now you turn to a sixth-year senior who I understand you felt like he had a good grip of the offense, and, and at times the offense hasn't necessarily been the biggest issue. But Eastern Washington, they're just not hanging around in these games like they're accustomed to doing. I mean, they didn't do themselves any favors with that schedule off the jump at Oregon, at Florida, Montana State, Weber State, Sac State. Those were five of their first six opponents. It, it was incredibly hard. But then they lose to Portland State, and then they get the door blown off in the Kibbe Dome at Idaho, 48-16 last week. I'm interested to see what the future of Eastern Washington football holds. I think Aaron Best has done a terrific job there. I'm not calling for his head by any means, but it, it's just been a strange, strange year in the big sky to see Eastern Washington at Montana. You would you would think in, in 9 out of 10 years, this is in our top five matchups to watch and matchups to break down. But Eastern at 2-7, and seven, Montana 6-3. and three. If you're a betting man this weekend, I don't know what that line looks like. I was checking on Twitter earlier today. Looks like it's only going to be about 16.5-17. And I know Montana's not really you know, an explosive offense that's going to put up a bunch of points, but I think Montana, with something to prove to the committee before that brawl of the wild game next weekend, I think they're going to need a big, big outing against Eastern Washington because when you see how the other top dogs in the big sky, other than Montana State, who beat Eastern by just three but Weber State beat him 45-21 Sac State beat him 52-28 Montana so much to prove right especially if they don't beat Montana State the following week which I think is a real possibility look Montana State looked very beatable against a very pedestrian Northern Arizona team last week. And, and that's going to happen over the course of a gauntlet of a Big Sky season. You're going to have an off weekend where you beat somebody, but you don't play that good. I think Montana State's beatable. I don't care that the game's in Bozeman. Montana, they, they need to win it to ensure themselves a spot in the FCS playoffs. But if Montana can beat the snot out of Eastern Washington this weekend, as they did Cal Poly the previous weekend, finish at 7-4, and four, and have a very competitive showing against Montana State. I think brand matters. I think that program, that fan base, everything matters. And I think Montana, a team that you might see 7-4, and four, no big resume wins, but could be a team that finds its way into the FCS playoffs. I know a lot of people around the FCS that don't want to see that happen, but ultimately could be a good thing for the FCS. And I think Montana, very dangerous, regardless of that record, if they sneak in to the FCS playoffs. Here's another Big Sky matchup that just didn't crack our top five, and I'm excited to jump into our top five in just a moment here. But this is a really intriguing matchup personally. I, UC Davis has really turned their season around. And UC Davis, kind of similar to the gauntlet that Eastern Washington had out of the shoot. Remember UC Davis? They opened at Cal. I thought they had a pretty good showing there through one half before th things kind of fell apart in the second half. They had a chance to go to overtime with South Dakota State, went for two at the end, didn't get it. Lost against the number one team in the country by two points. Only other team that's come that close to Sac uh, South Dakota State, and that wasn't even a game in Brookings, was North Dakota State in the Dakota Marker game last month. 
Then UC Davis loses to Weber State by five. And they lose a lopsided game at Montana State by 17 points. But since then, the schedule softened out, and that doesn't happen often in the big sky. But they've got Northern Arizona, Northern Colorado, Cal Poly, and Idaho State in four consecutive weeks. And here are the results, 56-27, 58-10, 59-17, 43-3. Kind of what we were talking about with Montana, needing to really wow the committee when you're sitting there with four losses. Is UC Davis a team that could could maybe – one up Montana despite having five losses because I'm going to tell you I, I find it incredibly hard for Davis to win these final two games obviously if they win these final two games they're going to be in the FCS playoffs an absolute lock but you go to Idaho this weekend you go to Sacramento State the following weekend I think Davis is going to lose at least one of those games but if Davis wins one of those games are they playoff worthy if it's Sac State not Idaho are they playoff worthy if it's the other way around Look, I think this is going to be one of the great games of the weekend. Idaho is playing at such a high level, but so is UC Davis. The difference here is Idaho has played better competition of late. Last four games for Idaho, Montana, Portland State, at Sac State, a three-point loss, and then a 48-16 win against Eastern Washington this past weekend. Maybe two playoff teams in the last four for Idaho. Can't say the same for UC Davis. That being said, Idaho was also a team that started 0-2. And they have ripped off six wins in their last seven games since with a three-point loss to a 9-0 team that could very well be the number one overall seed in the FCS playoffs. Idaho's safe. Idaho's in. Idaho doesn't have to win this weekend, in my opinion. Because a loss drops them to 6-4, and 5-2 and two in the big sky, and they have no business losing the following week at Idaho State. Idaho State is in such disarray, is such a mess right now. Their head coach is flaming them at weekly press conferences. And I don't doubt that that guy's going to turn them around, but Idaho's not losing at Idaho State in the Battle of the Domes next weekend. So the more important game for UC Davis, Idaho would love to have it, bolster the resume. Heck, maybe Idaho is eyeing one of those top eight seats. Probably not with three losses, although two of them to the FBS. There's a lot of cases to be made. And that's when we dive into our FCS Fever Top 5 Hottest Matchups. All right, let's do it. Let's get into it. It is our Top 5 Hottest Matchups, Week 11, two weeks from the FCS playoffs, and some games that could certainly shake and make, maybe break, the FCS playoff picture. I want to start with our fifth matchup, number five. And at this juncture of the year, these games are so good that you could put them in any order, flip-flop them around. Bottom line, they're in the top five. We think they're going to be good games. We think they're going to be good matchups. And at this juncture of the season, they're really important matchups. And it's New Hampshire hosting Rhode Island. Now, New Hampshire, after a terrible showing in the first half this past weekend, fought like heck to get back into it, wound up losing by six at Richmond in the second half. I, look, I still think this is a New Hampshire team. Even if they share and lose some sort of tiebreaker to Richmond, I think they're absolutely worthy for the FCS playoffs. One thing they can't afford is a loss this weekend to Rhode Island. I think it's going to be a tough test, but if New Hampshire has showed us anything since a bad performance week three against NC Central at home, they've been really, really good in New Hampshire. That includes a 40-22 win over an Elon team that went on to dominate Delaware the following week. When you look at Rhode Island's resume, 4-2 and two in the conference, 6-3 and three overall, I don't know if it's enough. Now, the losses aren't bad. I mean, at against Pittsburgh on the road, an FBS team, Delaware at home by one point at William & Mary, 
again, the problem is here, look, the losses aren't bad, but are the wins good enough? I like the Elon win that Rhode Island was able to pick up earlier this season at home. The Monmouth win on the road, it's okay now. It's not looking as good as it did when that game ended after seven overtimes. But both of these teams, I feel like, really, really need this game. I'm going to give the hedge to New Hampshire. I think New Hampshire is legit. I think a lot of people questioned if they were legit because they kind of had a soft front end of the CAA schedule. But a win here for New Hampshire puts them in great shape to share the conference title. I don't think with how good the CAA is this year, even with that loss to Richmond by one possession, by the way, for New Hampshire, I think with how good that conference is this year that you have to let in the share of the conference champ. And obviously one of those things will be broken up this weekend when Richmond and William and Mary square off. They're both 5-1 and one in the conference. Elon's at 5-2. and two. New Hampshire holds the tiebreaker over them. I like New Hampshire here. Rhode Island's going to be very tough, though. And I think this is going to be a one-possession game. This is going to be two teams potentially fighting for their playoff lives this weekend in New Hampshire. Give me Rick Santos. Give me New Hampshire, but not by much. I think this is going to be just a terrific game that comes down to the wire, maybe comes down to the final possession. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Number four. We're headed out to the Midwest. Missouri Valley football conference action with the North Dakota State Bison on the road at the Southern Illinois Salukis. And, well, the tipsy, turvy, windy road of the season for Southern Illinois. Remember, it opened with that blowout loss at UIW. Then they lost at home to Southeast Missouri State. But then they kind of woke up. They beat Northwestern on the road. Ohio State just learned that wasn't all that easy. Hosted North Dakota, beat them 34-17. Went to Illinois State, who's better than people thought at 5-4 and four overall, 3-3 three and three in the conference. Beat them by five points. They blew out Missouri State on the road. Blew out Western Illinois as they were supposed to do. But since then, a loss on the road at South Dakota by three points. You could have lived with that. But then they lost to Northern Iowa by a point at home in their most recent game. Now, they had a bye weekend, an extra week to prepare for the Bison of North Dakota State. I think Nick Baker is one of the great quarterbacks in the FCS this year. He's already thrown for more than 2,200 yards, 16 touchdowns. My issue lately for Southern Illinois has been defense. Luckily for Southern Illinois, offense hasn't really been North Dakota State's strong suit this season. Now you wonder if the Bison may have collected a little more confidence on the offensive side of the football after putting up a season-high 56 points in conference play against the Western Illinois team that sits at the bottom of the conference 0-6 overall, 0-9 on the season in the Missouri Valley. But I, I, it, it's hard for me 
to not like Southern Illinois in this football game. Remember the last time North Dakota State went to Carbondale? It was the spring season. I think everybody at this point has kind of illegitimized the spring season a little bit, and, and I can understand that. I, it's not a take I necessarily have. But, look, I, I think the Southern Illinois team is in a precarious place, sitting at 4-2 and two in the Valley, but 5-4 and four overall. And they've got a tough home game the following week to wrap the regular season as well. At Youngstown State, a team 6-3, and three, perhaps still in that playoff conversation. I'm going to pick against the Bison here. North Dakota State, at no point since the Arizona loss, has flipped that switch that I felt like I've needed to see from the Bison. Now, they had that great first half against South Dakota State, but it was all for nothing as they couldn't do anything on offense in the second half, and South Dakota State dominated them from halftime to the end of regulation in that game. Since then, North Dakota State had a bye week. They slugged one out against Illinois State 24-7. We mentioned the 56-17 win at Western Illinois this past weekend. I'm telling you, Southern Illinois, with how up and down their season has been, they can lose to anybody, they can beat anybody. And I'm going to choose after the bye week that Coach Hill's going to have his team ready. I think North Dakota State loses their second game in the Valley this weekend on the road at Southern Illinois. And that's a game that would drop the Bison to 5-2 and two in the conference, 7-3 and three overall. You're starting to flirt with some territory here if you're North Dakota State, especially if you lose this game, as I'm predicting. But if you're North Dakota State, you, you might not be off that first weekend of the FCS playoffs if you don't win this football game. I, I, I don't really see... Look, we talk a lot about these teams that are lacking resume wins. Where's the, where's the resume win for North Dakota State? This would be it. This is your resume win. Because beating Indiana State by five on the road didn't impress me. Beating Youngstown State by 13 at home didn't impress me. South Dakota on the road, I know it's a tough place to win. That wasn't impressive. The Bison need this win this weekend at Southern Illinois to prove that they're a national title contender. Because as of right now, I'm taking the field. I'm not picking North Dakota State to win the national championship. I think they're in trouble this weekend at Southern Illinois. All right, number three, we roll along. It's a matchup at Mercer. The Furman Paladins, the Mercer Bears, two top 25 teams battling for their SoCon lives. You look at that SoCon playoff picture, and there are four teams with two games left licking their chops. It's Sanford alone at 6-0 and atop the league, 8-1 and on the season. But then you've got Furman, Chattanooga, and Mercer all at 5-1 and in the SoCon. Everybody else, at least four losses. It's, it's been a top-heavy conference. But these are four teams that I think are worthy of playoff spots. We talk about expansion of the college football playoff. But how about some FCS expansion this year, man? There's going to be some of these teams, really good football teams, that are just going to find themselves watching from the couch that first weekend, and it's not because they have a bye. Look, Mercer is a team they've never been to the FCS playoffs before. And when you look at the resume, I think now that Gardner-Webb win 45-14 early in the season looks really good. Their only losses are at Auburn and at Chattanooga. And if you remember, it was just a nightmare start for Mercer a few weeks ago at Chattanooga. They, they were losing like 21-24-0 early on in that game. They turned over the football, shot themselves in the foot, came all the way back to kind of make it 
a little bit nerve-wracking for Chattanooga down the stretch in that game, but Chattanooga wound up pulling away and winning. Now, Furman, a team that grabbed our attention when they beat Chattanooga, albeit Chattanooga was without their star running back, Alim Ford, and uh, we'll take the blame for that. We did have him on the show a couple of days before that game, and then he wasn't active, didn't play. Furman won that game by four points over Chattanooga. Look, Mercer has a lot to prove. They need this game on the resume, but they also need this game to finish the deal. They were so close to an FCS playoff berth last season. I don't think this Drew Cronick-led football team with one of my favorite FCS quarterbacks, Fred Payton, is going to lose this game at home, especially when you understand what the stakes could be the following week when you go to Samford and potentially play for a share of the SoCon title. And you'd have that tiebreaker over Samford, depending on how Samford's game shakes out this weekend. Give me Mercer here. I think Mercer is just a different football team at home. I think they can be just about anybody in the FCS at home. They haven't lost a home game this season. In fact, they've just absolutely dominated everybody they've played at home. Their four home games, a 40-point win over Moorhead State. That's a 50-point win. You don't see that very often. A 17-0 skunking of the Citadel. A 49-6 win over Western Carolina. A 55-33 win over ETSU. Furman, on the other hand, you look at the resume for the Paladins. Got the win over Chattanooga. But it's going to be tough to get in even at Two, three losses if you don't beat this Mercer team. One of those losses at Clemson. So only one FCS loss for Furman all year. And it was at home, a touchdown loss to Samford. The margin for error thin. I think both of these teams need this game to feel a little more comfortable going into that final weekend of the regular season. All right, number two on the list. We are hanging around in the Southern Conference. It's the 8-1, and 6-0 in conference play. Samford Bulldogs on the road at the Chattanooga Mock 7-2 overall, 5-1 in the conference. Now, Chattanooga, sitting off of their first loss of the season, went to the Citadel and won 31-21. Alim Ford was back in the lineup, and he was back to being a superstar. 29 carries, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. Look, when Chattanooga has a limb forward in the backfield with that defense, I think Chattanooga might be the best team in the Southern Conference. But it's hard to say that Samford hasn't been the best team in the Southern Conference. And quite a way for Samford to have to wrap the season against the two teams that have been right behind them all year. I, I like what Samford's been able to put together. I think the Furman win is good. I think the Week 1 win against Kennesaw State is looking better than maybe it did in the middle section of the season but I don't think if you're Samford that you could afford to just drop these final two games. I know at 8-1, and 6-0 in the conference, you're feeling good, as you should if you're Samford. But it's not going to be easy going to Chattanooga and winning this football game. We saw how good Chattanooga, how fresh they came out against Mercer when those two played. I'm going to take Chattanooga here. If Alim Ford is in the backfield, I think Alim Ford, that offensive line of Chattanooga, they can make enough plays. Hutchinson, their veteran quarterback, I don't expect them to make mistakes on this big stage. Chattanooga, I think the home field advantage is big for the Mox this week. I think they had Samford, their first FCS loss, their first conference loss of the year. And what type of mayhem would that create going into the final weekend of the regular season? All right, number one, you knew it was coming. You knew it was from the CAA. I'm talking about a matchup between the Richmond Spiders at 7-2 and two and the Delaware Blue Hens at 7-2. and two. The Spiders at 5-1 and one in the conference. 
Delaware sitting at 4-2. and two. Now, Delaware got off to that great start. They beat Navy. They beat Delaware State. They smashed Rhode Island. They smashed Hampton. They beat Towson by two touchdowns. Had a six-point slip-up at William & Mary. Then they smashed Morgan State. And then all of a sudden, you were like, wait, what? They lost to Elon by 20 points on the road. That offense certainly sputtered, but they bounced back in a big way last week, 49-17, beating Monmouth. Now for Richmond, and this is why I worry about Richmond a little bit in this game. Now, Richmond has been an absolute tank, a beast at home, and look, one of their losses, an FBS defeat at Virginia all the way back in week one. Their other loss by just three points in double overtime at Elon. This is a team that knows how to win road football games. They beat Lehigh by 24 on the road. They beat Hampton by 31 on the road. They beat Maine by 10 on the road. Delaware is a different beast. I think Delaware outside of Virginia. Heck, Delaware might be better than Virginia. Delaware might be their toughest road game yet. For Richmond, you always wonder how a team's feeling when you build a big halftime lead and then you nearly squander it, but you hold on and you still win the game. Remember, they're up 24-7 over New Hampshire at the break. New Hampshire scores 27 second half points and just lose 40-34 over the weekend. New Hampshire had a chance with about 90 seconds left in the game, but that Richmond defense rose to the occasion, got a big stop. This is, uh, I think, the top matchup in the FCS this weekend because these are two really good teams, two teams that I think can win multiple games in the FCS playoffs. I'm going to take home field advantage. I'm going to take Delaware again, and I know that's kind of been a theme here on the podcast this week, but I think Delaware is just too good at home. Mentioned all those lopsided scores at home. Delaware, some teams are just different. Some teams are just a different beast at home. And, and what, what I like so much about a team like Sac State this year and what I like so much about a team like South Dakota State this year, and, and you could really just flip a coin and, and figure out who's going to be the top seed in the FCS playoffs at this point, I would slightly lean Sac State. I think they have more wins on the docket. That's to no fault of South Dakota State just because of the way the schedule shook out, just because of the way the Big Sky's better than the Missouri Valley at the top this year. But I, I like these home teams, a lot of them, down the stretch. And a lot of these teams that we're talking about are teams that could show you something a little bit different on the road. Richmond, look, I don't want to say they've been a bad road team. An FBS loss, whatever. You lose by three in double overtime at Elon? Elon crushed Delaware. Elon crushes teams at home. That's just what they've been doing so far this season. I think the Blue Hens find a way. I think Delaware wins this one. It's going to be a terrific game. Nolan Henderson, the Delaware quarterback, more than 2,400 yards, 25 touchdowns this year against a, a Richmond defense that at times has been really tough this season. I think Richmond, they can certainly sling it around as well. Udinsky, more than 2,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, just four picks all year. Dykes coming out of that backfield has run for more than 500 yards. Cumbie on the other side has scored four touchdowns, more than 400 yards. You're talking about a lot of good weapons on both offenses, but I think the defenses are going to show out in this one. I think Delaware, somewhat of a low-scoring game. Blue Hens win. They get to 8-2, and two, and kind of, maybe. They'll need some help, but keep those CAA title hopes alive. All right, that's all we've got for you on the FCS Fever Podcast. Again, special thanks to Betfred Sports, our presenting sponsor. Go place a $50 bet this weekend on some FCS football. Get a bonus, $250. i am Chris Sylvester. You've been listening to the FCS Fever Podcast on the Aaron Torres Media Feed. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.